On the show, the Adelaide test is in serious doubt with a COVID cluster slamming the brakes on our pink ball plans. Big Dash League, strikers and BBL stars flee to Sydney to save the summer of cricket. And more COVID chaos, we take you behind the scenes during Adelaide's newsrooms in the last 24 hours. That's next on the Press Box. Another great welcome to you to the Press Box. Wow, it's been a serious week in news, not just in sport, but in general across South Australia and the country. Sam Tugwell uh, with Jace Kemp and Dale Fletcher. Welcome to the show, lads. It's good to see you once again. And unfortunately, we can't come in the studio because COVID is bloody back. Lockdown. Lockdown again, boys. Oh, no. How good is it? We were before our time. We started lockdown a week before <laughs> lockdown started. So we're ahead of the game, surely. What a crazy couple of days. We were at a shield hub and then all of a sudden they're trying to get across the border as fast as they can. Yeah. What, a, what a turn of events. Unbelievable, isn't it? But um, how are you guys going? Because it's been a busy couple of days. I mean... Who would have saw this coming on Sunday evening? Just all of a sudden, bang! Few new cases out of the blue, and our state's back in trouble again. Yeah, I was uh, a bit. Uh, well, the eyebrows were raised Sunday morning when uh, it came through that there was a SA Health uh, press conference on uh, three o'clock on a on a Sunday afternoon. There's alarm bells. Mm. Uh, so something's uh, something's up here. It's either going to be really really good or really really bad. And uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was quite bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it was quite bad. I was actually working on Sunday and I was with a reporter and they said to me, I expect a couple of cases today. And so oh. that was the first I got wind of it and I said, oh, and I was like, well, just a ho- in the Medi Hotel? And they're like, no, 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 community c- transmission. Oh. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And then sure enough, the next day, all of a sudden on Monday, it all blew up. Wow. So Sunday, you got what time did you hear about that, Jace? Uh, about one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So how does it get around? That's that's funny because that's that's breaking. We hadn't had a community transmission case since April this year, and all of a sudden, just when we thought we'd stemmed it in the bud, it comes out like that. Mm, yeah. It's just uh, well, people in the industry in the know sort of they all talk behind the scenes. They sort of got wind that there was going to be someone had tested positive, and it was uh, it wasn't from the Medi Hotel. So then. Yeah, then it was all, you know, the press happened and it was all guns blazing from then. And then, geez, it hasn't slowed down the last, what, two days since then. It's just been full on. And who would have thought we'd go from, you know, having a couple to having 17, all of a sudden 20. And now, you know, we're seeing, you know, people trying to leave the state, trying yeah. to get out. Other other states are closing their borders to us. It's just been unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, – l- luckily, uh, the news and the rumours – have been uh, have been spreading uh, uh, quicker than uh, than the the virus because, uh, geez, there was uh, rumours, innuendo, news, everything was uh, flying around uh, yesterday, and uh, we were um, didn't know uh, whether Arthur or Martha there for for a while. We didn't know it was going to be full mm-hmm. lockdown, uh, everything shut, uh, everything's fine. It was like this: what's going to happen? And then uh, and then they shut the the, the gyms on me. Flat. <laughs> You're one of those. You just flat. You can't go for a run on a on a machine instead of going outside, mate. What's wrong with you? No, no. That's uh, that's the number one rule of marathon running. I'm not affected because I'm with all my friends uh, <laughs> running along a footpath. Good. So I, I'm fine. You knew it was going to be bad because when well we thought it was going to be pretty bad, but that we knew it was going to be bad when Stephen Marshall 
walked out to his press on Monday and it was a real sharp looking straight up and down sort of Stephen Marshall. Mm. There was no messing about with this type. And as soon as you heard his tone and his voice, you thought, oh, geez, we're in some for some restrictions here. And sure enough, you know, now we're sort of back to not square one, but we're, we're definitely back a, a few pegs, that's for sure. Yeah, it's changed completely. Our, our whole state has basically had to reconsider or reconfigure themselves really I was on the on the weekend, like I was at Glenelg on Sunday, and we we're just at the beach with my partner, and we were just looking at how packed the place was, just the square, and then going, you know, to Harbour Town during the day, and just seeing how many people there were, and you thought we are dead set back to normal. Like you just felt so happy to be in a world which was so carefree again. We weren't so worried about hygiene, and we so and and not that that's a good thing that we maybe got lazy. I don't think we got lazy, but it just felt good to go back to what felt like normal times, pre-COVID times. And it felt like we just we just got there. Like we we just crossed the line. We were we're in fact and we'll talk about the cricket test in a minute, but there was talks of the Sacker and Cricket Australia arranging an unlimited crowd for the first test in Adelaide. That was the sort of stage we had arrived at finally and yet it's all taken away from us again and we're going to have to wait till probably a cure comes along. It's Oh, mate, this is, it's just been a terrible time for all of us, hasn't it? Well, it just goes to show how um, easily uh, um, COVID can uh, can come back because yeah. really it was a track down to one person in one hotel who walked out and uh, didn't get tested and felt a bit sick and then found out that, you know, they'd been uh, sick for a week and then uh, all hell broke loose. So really mm. it's one one person and uh geez it's uh if you are a contact tracer or in that in that profession um uh your job's safe for one Mm. uh especially (laughs) for this week but uh how how detailed would that be um just just trying to connect all the dots that's uh Mm. that's uh that's unbelievable i'd I'd just get a headache uh, thinking about uh starting contact tracing with one person let alone <laughs> what 15 or 20 or whatever it was yeah it's unreal also that there's you know i think there's, they said there's four thousand people at the moment that are in self-isolation basically in quarantine and that there's people from sa health are ringing these people daily just to find out yeah. what sort of symptoms they have and just to find you know making sure that they're doing the right things and staying home and, and not going out so unbelievable from um, our health department to be able to pull something like that off and it's a credit to south australians really they're all showing out in droves and you've seen the lines in the last two days of, you know, the one in Port Adelaide was insane. I think the, the line was almost two kilometres long. Wow. And the one... No, it was longer than that, mate. It's longer than that. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I, I, ran, I, I ran past it this morning. It's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. For, for those uh, people playing at home, the Port Adelaide testing station is right across the road from the Bearcats basketball stadium. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Tuggers would know that well. Yes, I do. So it, it snakes around for a probably more... A good 250 metres, and then it goes onto the St. Vincent Street, and it goes all across the bridge. They were across the bridge. Across the bridge. And, ha- and the line was halfway to the beach. Oh, <laughs> word. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, was, it was an absolute standstill because there's only one lane that goes into a three-lane testing yeah. station. So right. it's bottle, well, I- bottleneck deluxe. I wanted to commend, you know, these everyone for showing up. But another side of me thinks maybe there's a few people in these queues that have just gone, 
I could probably get away with a couple of days off work here. <laughs> oh. honest, maybe I'll get in the line and, and get a COVID oh, test. And then... Come on, Jase. <laughs> Jase, you, you, you would take a sickie to sit in your car for six hours. No, no definitely not. No. I'm, I've been at work the whole time. So unless, <laughs> unless you had uh, uh, us three uh, on uh, the whole library of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, and uh, our, ma- our boy, Hutto, Jack Hudson, actually got a mm. test yesterday. Oh, he was he? in his car. He was in his car for six hours, and we played through his car for a good portion of those oh, six dear. hours. You had the replay <laughs> of Pass or Fast from last week on. <laughs> <laughs> Shout but, out to Hutto. Uh, there's also, I've been told, um, could be totally wrong, but uh, – well, once you get your um, message to say negative or positive, if, mm. if if you're positive, I've been told that once you get the text message, you get a knock on the door from the police. I'm oh, kidding. Wow. So I don't know how true that is. Uh, someone can, uh, one of what? our listeners can tell you if that's true or not. If, if, if they can tell you that's true, that means they've tested positive. So, jeez, uh, wow. we might have got under. So, so what are the police coming knock on your door if you test positive? Apparently, because... Jeez. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> wow. that, that, that's happened to me before in a past life. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> but uh, well, let's dive into that. Well, it, it sort of uh, it sort of makes sense, really, because mm. you know, if you're positive, you just don't want to. You know, if it was me, you don't want me yeah. going out, going for a twelve k run down the beach and uh, coughing and spluttering over yeah. everyone. Do you? No, I think been well, a lot of numbers yeah. flying around the last couple of days as well. Um, I know that we've been discussing it quite frequently between our uh, our chat that we've got set up between ourselves. I know, Dale, that me and you were talking about some numbers, you know, we were thinking that SA Health might release, you know, the, the low sort of areas. Anyway, our man, Sam Tugwell, gets on the chat, <laughs> gets on the, chat the other night. Oh, here we go. He says, here we go. He says do you remember this, Dale? He says, boys, I'm hearing, I'm hearing from a good source. I didn't say good source. That the source. numbers are going to explode, that they're going to be somewhere in the vicinity around 80. 80. 80, 80 COVID <laughs> cases. Anyway, we, 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 I was like, geez, that's, 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 that's horrible. That's, you know, that puts us really back to square one. And that's going to, that's going to be lockdowns and full on restrictions. Anyway, I thought that, geez, waited all day for the numbers to come out. <laughs> the, the, the numbers finally get released and it's five. <laughs> five. Come on. Samuel, Samuel, oh. whoever your source is over there that's feeding you this information, oh. I would sack them immediately. Tell them to ship off oh. because they, surely they can't be feeding you this sort of baloney, this sort of nonsense. Oh. Seriously, what what type of source was it? Was it Domio? It wasn't uh, a good one. It was, was it, it, it was an out of, it was an out of date one, mate. It wasn't it wasn't a good Fair taste. I will tell you dinker. what. So we we got it. So the person I won't out their name, um, but they were uh, they were in, in, the, in our office and they said, look. I've received oh, a message. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. That rounds it down a little bit. What's that? Yeah, so yeah, there's not many in our <laughs> office either. So in our <laughs> office, someone texts through. They go, uh, my uh, family member is friends with someone at SA Health, and that SA Health person has told their family member that the number was 80 or 85. <laughs> oh. And so, and that was at midday on Monday. Monday! We've had like, what, five plus three new cases since then? 
Uh, come oh. on. I, mean, I, was, I was a bit upset when uh, we found out that wasn't true, but actually I was more pumped to find out that it wasn't 80 anyway, because that, that would have been horrific for us in our oh, state, but I'm so glad it wasn't true. That's you know, 80. <laughs> How bad is that? How far off the mark <laughs> is that? Well, well, 80. Maybe, maybe 75 people uh, um, have got over it in six hours. Yeah, that, that's just... miraculous. Can we have what they're drinking at night? <laughs> Whatever that is, it kills it quick. <laughs> They're definitely not taking Trumpy's bleach, are they? <laughs> yeah, it might be yeah. something else. Uh, but anyway, well, the newsroom has been pretty full on uh, in the last few days anyway, guys. And I think we should be pretty pr- – and to your point, Jace, we should be so proud of our state, all the people in our state who have just rallied together again. We could have done a Melbourne and we could have got all upset and we could have you know, spat the chewy and throw the toys out of the cot. But we've we've done a great job. We're a proud state and we come together in times like this – Again and again and again, when our our neighbours need it and our friends and family need it, we come to uh, and, and do the job that's needed. So, I'm I'm proud of us. But the newsrooms have been absolutely wild. I wanna I wanna go through each and every one of us how yep. the newsroom has operated throughout this last couple of days. Uh, maybe let's start with um with Jace. The TV newsroom is always an exciting place to be when mm. things are happening. What's what's been going on? Yeah, it's been manic, as it's probably been in uh, your newsrooms as well. It's just been once we got the the news that there were seventeen cases, it's all of a sudden, you know, we need we need live crosses happening. We need people at the location. So, go and find and hunt and, and talk to as many people as you can on the street to find out what's going on, especially at uh, the papers, the, the hotel where this is originated from, and then you want to get down to Parafield where the the cluster sort of spread from, and then all of a sudden you're trying to find out who the family members were, where they were going, speaking to SA Health, all. Of you know, on top of the reporters going out there and trying to collect as much information as they can, then you know that SA Health and the Premier and Spurrier is going to have a, a press conference at 3.15. So, you know, the back of your mind, that's always going to be coming up and you've got your deadlines going to be, you know, around 4.30, you know, maybe even a bit before that to try and get your story to air. And then on top of that, you've got to do a live cross. So mm. hats off to so many people and the producers and the, the director and um, everyone in our newsroom that's really worked overtime to make sure that we were able to deliver I think it was close to 15 minutes on COVID on, on Monday night. So that's wow. just to tell you how big of a news story it is to deliver 15 minutes at the top of the hour is a, a massive effort from everyone to pull together and to make sure that we could just try and inform. And that's the key, just informing mm. people out there that are watching it to say, hey, this is what's going on at the moment. These are the places that you, if you've visited that you might need to go and um, speak to SA Health or even go and get a test yourself if you've been to these places and, you know, and just try and follow the protocols and stay safe. So a yeah, massive effort from the, the 10 News First team and, and massive props to all the reporters, producers and the news director who put it all together. Can I ask, Jace, because you uh, obviously we, we alerted everyone a few months back that Channel 10 have now no longer got an Adelaide mm-hmm. um, live news service. It's now based out of Melbourne. How does it, op- how does it work? when we've got such a strong, like you said, local story that needs live content feeded in throughout the bulletin. How does it work from Melbourne? Do they go live at six with us? Well, absolutely. That's a complete misconception, unfortunately, that's out there at the moment, that we are absolutely live uh, and local at the top of the hour. And we did all the first 15 minutes of that bulletin was all live. The, the The main difference is that people see is that it's being read out of Melbourne. That doesn't mean it's not live. We have 100% local content still, and we we make sure that we try and tell as many local stories as we can. So we are still producing news live, and it is it goes to air live, you know, whenever all the other news services go live too. So um, absolutely it is still live and local. It's just a bit of a misconception that because it's being read out of Melbourne that the stories aren't from here, which is, you know, a complete fallacy. 
So uh, the, the the presses are usually three three fifteen every day, Jace. Yeah. That's uh, that's a monumental turnaround if it's a four thirty mm. uh, cut off, mm. because uh, I'd say what seventy percent of uh, the package uh, yeah. isn't uh, hasn't even been spoken into a camera until three fifteen. Mm. Well, that's why it's just so important to go out there and speak to people on the road to try and gather as much as you can for your story. And then you sort of have an inkling about what's going to happen later in terms of, you know, it might be restrictions or it might be just the, the number of people who have um, tested positive. But you've sort of got the basis of your story anyway. So it's just all about saying, you know, this is what's happened during the day and then these numbers are the ones that came out. Mm. And then it, you can send it back for an editor to put together. And so obviously there's a lot of people that this goes through. There's, there's producers and editors, the reporter themselves, and making sure that, you you know, you can get it on air as, as well. So there's, there's a lot that goes into a news package that people don't realise a minute 30 takes an entire day to put together, but it yeah. does. And then on top of that, if you're the reporter on the road and you're, you're out there, you know, making sure that you're amongst the people, you've got a live cross coming up. You've just handed in. You've just voiced your package. It's been cut as just before it goes to air. Then in the ad break, you're saying you're going to throw to your package. So it's, it can be a, a really busy time for a reporter and, and making sure that you're just you know concise and accurate. And you just want to make sure that you just you know you say everything you want to to the camera and you try to be as, as calm and natural as you can be in, in a time that's probably you know very stressful. So a lot goes on in a, in a newsroom and especially for television. Well, that's a brilliant insight, Jace, into what a TV news room looks like, especially when you have to work between two cities across a border. It's incredible like the work and communication that's done and, and the organisation that's that's put together, as you said, by producers and editors and all sorts of other people, not just the reporters and the anchors themselves. An incredible effort. So, I mean, I'll take into the radio um, uh, newsroom quickly before we go to the, the paper one, which obviously has a little bit more time to produce. Radio, we're, we're live as it happens. So we're, we're very lucky in AM Radio where um, at AA we get the opportunity to basically drop what we're doing at a, at a certain point in time um, to go live to a situation. So much like a TV service may, if they if they have the time to, like a Sky News or something, can take a presser live for you know 45 minutes. We can, in radio, on, on 5AA, take a, a 30-minute presser from um, Spurrier and, and Premier Marshall, Marshall for you know that period of time and, and drop you know a, an hour worth of conversations of Corn- with Cornsey, which is generally between 3 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it sort of fits in nicely because that, that's a, a pre-recorded hour so we can drop that comfortably Matthew Pantelis has been coming out of our newsroom aware of what's sort of been going on during the day he does most of the morning shift at times into the afternoon at three o'clock he's run into the studio and and done a, a one hour special um, which has been terrific he sort of guides us through with all the latest to what's happening um, and then works our way up to what 3.15 3.30 whenever the press conference generally is um, and then we take it live for 20, 30 minutes. We'll take some calls around that. We'll inform everyone as it's happening. If you're in your car driving and you, know, you want to know exactly what's happening, um, as the Premier's saying it, you, you'll hear it. So it's been it's been fun. And then from there, it's our news services every hour. We've got to make sure we've got Michaela at the moment who's doing a, a, an amazing job cutting up just about every grab she possibly can um, to put them into her 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock bulletins every hour. And then she's got headlines as well every half hour where she constantly has to smash in as many details as possible just to, just to inform everyone uh, uh, with the most well-painted picture possible about how our state's going 
and, and that's tough to put into just a couple of minutes, as you said, Jace. It's it's tough to cram in that amount of detail sometimes into small amount of time. So look, a radio newsroom is uh, a little bit just as frantic, but um, we get to do it as it's happening, which means it's a lot more raw and natural, I suppose, mm. than than a than a well polished TV product. Before we get on to Dale, I will say one. Th- thing at university they teach you to try and write as many words as possible mm. when you work in television yeah. they try and make it condense as many <laughs> words as possible it's almost the opposite yeah and it's and it's and it seems to be even harder to do that so it's it's yeah it's definitely a knack to it that's for sure mm. well give us a give us the picture from a newsroom uh, in in newspaper dale you're obviously been there the last couple of days how does it look when covid strikes in, a, in the advertiser yeah well the, the 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 thing with us is um um we're more than just a newspaper, way more than just a newspaper. The newspaper is sort of just the, the final um, product as such, but uh, the, the, the latest stuff, uh, latest breaking stuff uh, ends up in the paper. But uh, to go through a day, um, I was um, head of the sports section on Sunday and Monday, so what that sort of entails is a pretty, uh, pretty early start. There's a there's a there's like a conference meeting. There's the department heads all get together at the uh, 9.30 uh, around that time and obviously plan uh, the day, what, what's happening, what, uh, what, what should we attack, you know, you know, as Jace was saying, you know, go to Powerfield, go to the testing stations, go here, go there and, and uh, sort of plan, do a, a map, you know, we want to, you know, gra- graphics on this and we want to explain to the readers about that and, and what, what they need to do, where they should go, um, and it's real up to the minute stuff because on our website we had a, a rolling blog type thing where you know the, that we um, had for free. So it was it was just to inform the public uh, about uh, the latest, what was happening, you know, what to do, where to go, yada yada yada. And then moving on from that, so there was you know there's probably half a dozen online different online plays that you can do. Obviously, we could take a press conference live uh, on social media if we, if we want to, um, usually do that. If there's if someone comes in, like we get a, sometimes a, an expert could, could come in um, and, and explain stuff. Like we had a journal 101 with Spiria a few times, but obviously that hasn't happened in the last couple of days, but that, we could do that as well, that sort of medium. But then from the 9.30, then we go into 12.30 where it's like, okay, what's happening? Plan four, do we go plan A, B, C, D? Sometimes it gets down to plan X, Y, Z too, just quietly. If this happens, we do this. Yeah. If that if that happens, we do that. Um, move it on from there online, you know, what, what, a, what and then there's a, a program where it's like, well, what? What are the readers are clicking on? So mm. that's when it turns into newspaper mode. Okay, so w- w- what are the readers interested in? All right, mm. so we'll we'll concentrate on those three, four, five, six elements for the newspaper. So there's another meeting around four o'clock where it's like, okay, um, the number of cases are X. You know, this is what it means. You know, and, and obviously, I um, my editor was saying, well, what? It, and I had to come up. With, you know, what does it mean for sport? So, you know, so it was like today, for example, it was like the strikers fleeing to obviously that's the, the biggest news of the day. The, the, they're fleeing to save the cricket season. So and then uh, on Sunday, it was like, oh, what what are the implications? You know, are we going to have a test match? You know, um, is uh, uh, the 
Did the Brisbane Bullets get out in time after playing the 36s? How, how does it affect the, the Crows AFLW training who are supposed to train Monday night? So there's more to it than just how many people are infected yeah. and where it happened. And it, it just it consumes all walks of – or it consumes every department mm. on, on the newsroom floor. So uh, it was uh, – I'd like to – have a guess. There should be a guess, really, about how many times you read COVID nineteen in the newspaper. So, so, so I reckon it would be at least ten ten thousand. I reckon ten thousand. That's a lot of times. <laughs> I would, well, I reckon it's mentioned at least five or six times in every story. So yeah. uh, it, it, it would be in the thousands. It's a lot, but you're right. And, and there's so much detail, as you say, that not just it impacts so many different things and. It, it's got a story. Everyone's affected, and I know we say that a lot, and everyone's in it together. But you're right; it's everything is impacted in some small way, shape, or form. Let's talk sport, though. As you said, we should probably put a sporting angle on this. Um, you know, local sport in South Australia for 14 days has been temporarily suspended, indoor or outdoor. Um, no matter what, um, it, it's called off, which makes things you know a little bit uh, dour for all of us who like to play cricket and tennis and and volleyball and any other sports, soccer or whatever that's happening over summer. But for the professionals, um, it gets even more complicated. And as you said, there the cricketers in particular, they've got a really big situation on their hands where they have to get people into state asap before borders start to change again and they have to worry about uh, quarantining before the the big bash and and now the first test has even come into question which is such a worry because it's so much money riding on this summer for cricket australia so might as well turn our attention to the first test in adelaide it's under real threat right now we are looking at the premier who cannot guarantee whether it'll go ahead the cricket australia boss has said on Tuesday night that they are monitoring the situation in South Australia and the MCG and the SCG have come out and said that they are ready to mobilise and take over the first test if need be. It's incredible times and it's all basically going to come down to whether or not these cases over the next couple of days are too over the top for us to yeah lock down at all. Yeah, no, it it's, is really concerning and I reckon there is a massive Massive dark cloud over the the first test because uh, yeah, Melbourne as of Tuesday night uh, emerges as the shock content in, to contender to host the first two tests because obviously uh, they will host the Boxing Day test as well and uh, they are well was it now eighteen nineteen days in a row COVID free well new, new cases yeah in- eighteen I think. Something like that. So uh, who would have thought you know, two months ago we, we were trying to steal their test match and now, now they're potentially going to steal ours. So, um, uh, so Melbourne, I, I would I would suspect that uh, Cricket Australia will take the test match to wherever can ha- host the biggest crowd because they need the money. They need uh, coins and coins into their glove box uh, to repay uh, a lot of. Uh, um, or money that they've missed out on, really, um, over this uh, whole COVID shutdown. So uh, the the venue that can host the most people will uh, will will hold the first test. So if if that's the MCG, then it'll be at the MCG. But um, the, the 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 SCG is uh, is definitely an option because obviously Australia and India are, are already there playing the white ball series, but uh, there is a little little rumour going around that the first test also could be at Manica Oval. 
Yes. Now, that wouldn't surprise me. If they took it to Canberra, that's a Canberra? real option. Yep, it's a real option because there's they're already playing in Sydney and Canberra for the limited overs, as you said, Dale. And so to take it to Canberra, you'd only be allowing yet another venue who haven't got test cricket this year because Perth is missing out, Hobart's going to miss out. Um, you know, Canberra, not often. They, they've played one or two in the past. I think they played one last summer, actually, from... Not mistaken, but they um they they would be a great venue to have a, t- a test match at as well. So it would be a weird weird place to play your first test, but it's certainly an option. I know it's been reported too that um the broadcasters want to want it as a day night test match. So or wherever it is, it'll have it'll it'll be a day night test yep. match uh, still um for uh, broadcasting purposes. And uh, it, it really the the key figure here for um. Um, Adelaide Oval uh, Test match uh, fans is uh, the number is twenty five thousand. So if the if the number of fans gets reduced by anything under twenty five thousand, uh, you can kiss the Test match goodbye. Mm, wow. Are we jumping the gun a little bit? Like we've only had five cases, so we we it sounds like we're kissing a test match goodbye. We, surely we've got a bit of time at the moment. We're still, I think, we're what three and a half weeks away from the, the first ball being bowled. So surely we've got a bit of time up our sleeve to try and get this situation under control. It's only five cases. If it goes tomorrow, it's even less than that. And the next day, you would have thought that they would try and make sure they salvage it. Yep, you're spot on, Jace. There's still plenty of time. That's what Cricket Australia have said. I made some calls on Monday about this. They said that they're fully committed to Adelaide for as long as they can possibly be. Um, I asked them what their timeline was going to be in terms of that. They couldn't give us an answer. Obviously, it was only day one of this really unfolding. But at that time, they said, look, we are 100% committed until we can no longer be. They were their words. And at the end of the day... When they put the fixture together, crowds weren't really a factor. They they punched Melbourne in as the Boxing Day test venue before crowds were even going to be a thing for Melbourne. Um, and it was only really around the time the release of the fixture came that we heard that crowds were actually going to become a thing. But really, Adelaide, to start with, when, when asked on Monday, they weren't totally worried about the crowd. They said, look, if there's no crowd, there's no crowd. We just want it. We've, we've done this amount of organising um, it's it's unbelievable. We just need to make sure it's in Adelaide for for December seventeen. But if it gets too uh, too bad here in SA and and it can't work, then they will have to take it elsewhere. Melbourne or Sydney is a great option. You'll know definitely. This is the interesting bit. You'll know definitely if Sydney have got this first test uh, or they're starting to make room for the first test if the two trial games before that get switched around. So the setup at the moment is there's a trial game, a practice game at Dremoyne Oval, uh, which is start first week of December. And then uh, just second week of December, there's one at the SCG, which is a day-night Australia A game. Now, if that day-night Sydney game at the SCG gets flipped with the Dremoyne one to the first week, you'll know that the SCG will be placing a, a pitch ready in that second week of December uh, for the first test because they can't prepare a, a wicket while they're playing a game in that second week of December. So that'll be a good pointer for us. Just keep an eye on that, guys. And the other good pointer too is uh, the the border between New South Wales and South Australia isn't shut. So if if that border stays open, uh, the test match is still live um, because uh, Australia and India are, are locked away and playing uh, one-days and T20s in uh, Sydney and, and Canberra. Um, so if that border between New South Wales and South Australia remain open, uh, the test match could still quite possibly 
go ahead. But uh, if uh, if those borders uh, uh, get shut up, um, yeah, no test match. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, yes, that's right. It was so early still. There's still a lot of time. Um, but for all we know, if things do worsen or stay at this rate at the moment, there could be a little bit of a worry. But we, we just hope. We just hope that we can get some cricket here. We'd hope that we can keep the, the Big Bash New Year's Eve game and the 28th of December as well. This is what we come to to love about summer in, in Adelaide and Australia is, is test match cricket and, and, and big events like this at the Adelaide Oval. We love this. This is what we wait for. So it'd be a shame to lose the tennis and maybe even our, our beloved one day, uh, sorry, our, our one and only test match as well. It'd just be a real shame. Yeah, but big props to to Cricket Australia, I must admit, because Monday afternoon they did a power of work, surely behind mm. the scenes to get uh, after the the cluster broken. It's like you know, it's just more than just you know the the, the okay. There's uh, an outbreak in South Australia, you know, it affects everything. And uh, Cricket Australia, though, this new uh, okay, well, we got to get we got to get got to get the strikers out of South Australia asap. Yeah. And uh, there, there's half a dozen blokes who are mm. playing for other big bash. Um, franchises, we just got to get out. So um, yeah, so uh, they they all flew out on Tuesday, and what I'm led to believe is a is, is a chartered flight. So it was really yeah. like a a real um, uh, mercy mercy dash, really, or big dash, <laughs> as I called it off the top to uh, to get to uh, to New South New South Wales to um, uh, well, not quarantine, but to, but to, to train. So they're allowed mm. to head down to Hobart and uh, play in the uh, the Big Bash Hub. Yeah, Dizzy was uh, uh, was spoken to at the airport, and I know Max spoke to him, and he said, uh, "Max, I said, do you know when you're coming back?" And he goes, "No, nah. <laughs> so they've got no, they've got no idea. They're just along for the ride. They're just got to go and uh, weather the storm." It's almost like the, the the Melbourne footballers when they went interstate to go to Queensland, they just had to go for the ride, and they were told that you'll probably come back within you know a few weeks. And sure mm. enough, it turned out to be the whole season. So it's sort of similar. The strikers at the moment, just, all they wanted to do is get on the plane, make sure they take their uh, take their kits with them, and, and yeah. <laughs> they've got enough uh, clean jocks to last them a few few weeks, and and, and they'll be fine. So, um, yeah, good luck to the strikers. It sounds like Coffs Harbour isn't too bad a place to be stranded either. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. No, it's not a bad place to be at all. Let's um let's quickly turn our attention to the the Adelaide Lightning because they're also affected, um not for too long, but they uh, they've being caught up in it. They've already played a handful of games, Dale, up there in a hub in Cairns, but they've now had to postpone one of their games midweek and also have to do COVID testing and things to make sure, because I think they uh, they flew into Queensland, what was it, six hours just after the cutoff, um, which which means they've uh, they've been forced to uh, to stop down the WNBL. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was big news. It actually broke about uh, 4 o'clock, 3.30 on a Tuesday on Tuesday afternoon. And it was uh, bad timing, especially for us at the Advertiser, because we were uh, live streaming uh, the, li- the line, and they should be playing, or they would have just finished. <laughs> um, uh, tonight, uh, or Tuesday night, they're playing, meant to play the Southside Flyers. So that's uh, Liz Cam- Cambridge's team. So mm. uh Championship favourites. So um, they flew out. So the Queensland government's edict was anyone going into Queensland on November the 9th have to do f- uh, 14 days uh, isolation. And the Lightning uh, flew in at about 7.30 in the morning of, oh. of the 9th of uh, <laughs> November. So uh, it's an interesting one. Um, they're in isolation at the moment, um, but they, they're they allowed out on the, on Monday, on the, on the 23rd. So... It's sort of that's sort of interesting. It's sort of isolation without being 
isolated uh, doing the whole 14 days. But uh, uh, the WNBL also um, have to reschedule a lot of games because in, in those, uh, what, six days, the Lightning are meant to play three games. So um, it's a compact fixture already. Uh, was what I think it was 14 or 16 games in 32 days. Mm. For every team, anyway, um, and now it's pretty much a total uh, redraw. Especially, it will affect uh, the Lightning big time, and uh, those the three ga- uh, three opponents they were supposed to play. So, in the back end of this du- WNBL season, uh, if you're a Lightning fan, they'll probably be playing every day for the ho- for a whole mm-hmm. week. Uh, and it's interesting too because most of the WNBL players have already come in contact with the Lightning players as it is playing the last few games. So it's not like they have to go into quarantine. But anyway, they continue playing. And uh, that'll be interesting to watch the Adelaide Lightning in the next couple of weeks. Um, let's talk locally, though. The uh, We've got some more uh, infrastructure going uh, into upgrade mode, which is great here in South Australia, because we heard last week the Highmarsh Stadium and uh, Memorial Drive are going to get uh, a bit of cash chucked into them, which is fantastic. But even more places this week, which raises a new question. Mm. Um, Thebiton Oval, as well as uh, the Myland uh, Priceline Netball Stadium, are going to have some uh, few million dollars uh, injected into them now, which means we've had a few conversations recently about the Crows maybe moving to Thebiton. They've been wanting a new home, I suppose they're saying. They want uh, somewhere else other than West Lakes to base themselves. Thebiton was mm. one of those, but it seems like the Sandfall are going to sort of take over Thebby and the government want to inject a bit of cash. So does that mean the Crows are out? I don't think, oh, well, personally, I don't think the Crows should go to Thebiton Oval. I think uh, it's perfect to... Uh, Place for the sample. Have a have a base there. Have a what a boutique ground. You you probably suspect that uh, what matches match of the rounds and finals and that will be played played there as a mm. bit of a sample base. And obviously it'll host all the big amateur league finals that uh, Jace is all all, all mm. over. Probably, probably played many a final there, Jace. <laughs> I've played, played a few, played a few games there. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh, it'll be a boutique, uh, boutique oval. Probably, uh, or maybe the Crows women's team will play their home games there potentially. Yeah, but you'd uh, want to hope so. It seems it seems like a, a a very good base for the Sandfall, but I don't think it should be the base for the Crows. Where do you think the base of the Crows should be? Well, the it should be in the city somewhere. Like, but the, are, where are you going to find? The, Hey? Well, well, what if, what if the the Crows teamed up with the state government and, you, and they reinvest in the the Glove Box Stadium, and then all of a sudden ah. they have a they have a, a training pitch <laughs> during the week, and they uh, they all, all of a sudden make a uh, another oval just over there on the parklands next to Glove Box Stadium, and we have a <laughs> HQ for the Crows that anyone can attend during the week. And on top of that. On top of that, it's going to be a multi-purpose venue. So, at any time there's a big, uh, big soccer game or a big, um, a big netball game or a big basketball game, it could be. It could could do anything. It could be anything. Then they could also be uh, housed there as well. So, I reckon the Glove Box Stadium is back on. It's back on. <laughs> it's back. Yeah. <laughs> If the glove box stadium's back on because the crows are going to be there, the glove box stadium can ship off. Oh, jeez! Oh. Now you're f- what the hell? You can't. No, you can't have that. If the glove box stadium is got to be for Adelaide United, the Thirty Sixers, and the Thunderbirds, it's got to be for them. Bugger off, crows! You got enough money. Go build your own 
arena monstrosity um, <laughs> fran- franchise, multi-level purpose, whatever you want. No, flog, I agree with you, Dale. Flog arena anywhere. Oh, let's Just, not call uh, it a flog arena, but I agree with you. The Crows, and to be honest, I don't understand the whole reason behind the Crows members need a I mean, yeah, okay, we'd like to have a club room, sure, but who the heck's going to visit it? Like if you're if you're a full on member and you love it and you want to have a home, fair enough. You want to go see some memorabilia, sure. But West Lakes, if we just do like once all the housing goes up, we're going to have a ground still there. It's not as nice as a big grandstand Amy Stadium we used to have, but we've still got great facilities. The indoor gym for players to train in and and work in is outstanding. And we all we really need is like a big you know like a a licensed bar or something with a like Port Adelaide have at Albert and a really nice you know sort of uh, a space where people can come and dine if they want and it's like a little bar attached to the ground and facilities with memorabilia and history and photos and people love that stuff but it's not like Crows fans don't need a place to go and have a cannery and and a beer on a Monday night just to connect with their club <laughs> gee whiz where, since when's that ever happened like I don't think I don't think we need that. I think uh, uh, for Crows fans, I don't think it's all schnitters and pints. I think it would be more like building a winery or something yeah, like that, or maybe a chateau to, to under or something. What do they say, the cheese platters or something, the apricot slices? It's a bakery. <laughs> but uh, now, surely somewhere in the city um, uh, can house the Crows. Like uh, it was, it's been floated that the West End Brewery could potentially be the home of the Crows. Um, you turned that into you know, a parking lot last week. Yeah, well, 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 same thing. Crows home, parking lot, same, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, if the crows were smart, they'd actually build a parking lot and actually generate the money for themselves. Mm, um, so, right. Mr. Fagan, there's an idea for you, mate. <laughs> um, but now the crows are going to be based in the city. Surely they, they have the have the licensed venue there. It's got to be it's got to be within walking distance. Yeah, um, I think the best place is. I think sure. the best place is where uh, the Blacks play, where uh, Adelaide yeah. Uni plays and also PAC plays. I think that's the best spot. If they can somehow get into a deal with one of those clubs and use one of those ovals to, to build up as a, as a functioning training ground and also, you know, a headquarters for the Crows and then also chipping a bit of money to, you know, someone like the Blacks or someone like PAC say, so, hey, we'll, we'll, you, you've got a couple of ovals on this space. We'll update the other one as well for you to use and we want this one. Now, I think that'd be a, a good fit for them. I think there's if they can somehow pull it off, it's perfect. Be cross the road from Adelaide Oval. The boys don't have to go very far when they they want to play. If they or if they do get to train on that oval, and um, and they're right in the heart of the city. I think it's a win win if they can somehow convince the council as well as the football club that that's a that's a good situation. And even better, oh, Jace, because and sorry, Dale. I mean, uh, Karen Rolton Oval. The Sacker did that brilliantly. The footprint, the total footprint mm. on the on the parklands over there, Park Twenty Five and all, they've used like so all the little sheds and all the little um, bits and pieces that were were placed on that ground. They scrapped it all and they put the f- total footprint all in one space to create that one little grandstand at Karen Rolton. Now that wasn't a whole lot to add together, but it was enough to make a really great facility. And they just had to pull apart, you know, all the different pieces and stick it in one spot. So really, the footprint at such a large space, the University Ovals, I'm sure there'd be something they'd be able to do to turn it into something great. And if they can work an agreement, I agree, that would be a fantastic place to put it. Well, uh, the the Adelaide Uni Ovals, great idea, Jase. So maybe, maybe uh, Andrew Fagan's got to uh, ring up the leader of the opposition because we know that he's a mover and a shaker <laughs> at, both, <laughs> at, at both the Blacks and oh, he he wants to be the next Premier of the state. So uh, 
there you go. The, if, Seems like a good fit, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, uh, vote one. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be funny that people have to vote Labor for a Crows uh, <laughs> venue? That would quite ironic. So, but, so uh, let's list it. You've got the Super Loop 500 that, that Malinowskis will bring back. Apparently, in the in the paper we saw the other day, that the, uh, the the glove box stadium, as we like to call it now, the inner city Sunday stadium, Mail. that'll be Sunday Mail yeah, front page. If he, he'll bring it, he'll bring that to the rail yards here. Um, if uh, if he gets voted in, and now we're saying chuck the uni ovals into a crow's facility. Done. Mm, yep. Done. Done. I'll tick that off. Done. Brilliant. I'll tick that off. And uh, and <laughs> you've got my vote. <laughs> and all you have to do is is um, ship off. Um, you can uh, bulldoze the entertainment centre. Uh, you can sell that off. You can <laughs> give it a high mark, sell that off. Um, the the brewery's gone. Jeez, a bit of, <laughs> geez, a bit that of bulldozing. Be a bit flat. It'll, <laughs> all will be, be, be Channel Seven, and that'll be it. Yeah, that's um, right. uh, and uh, yep. Bob's your uncle, so uh, and I want it done by next Christmas. Gee whiz! Well, uh, <laughs> poor Stephen Marshall. He's done a great job during COVID. He might get voted out, and he hasn't put many feet wrong. Um, let's get stuck into root of the week. Right. Uh, so, uh, Jace, Jace's uh, segment root of the week. Uh, have you got anything, Jace? N- nothing. Uh, negative. No, ne- no, ne- no, he's got right. nothing this okay. week. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break break the glass. I'm not bringing much to the table tonight, boys. Sorry about that. Uh, except for dodgy internet, that's that's always here. Um, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Has it been bad tonight? What's it been like? Hasn't been great. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so uh, I had a break glass idea that I knew that Jace probably wouldn't bring anything to the table. So uh, uh, I'm, we should go around go around the three of us. Our, our worst, well. Root of the week, uh, personally, oh. in our sporting career. Oh, so like embarrassing moments or something? Most embarrassing moment. So a real root of the week worthy oh. uh, thing. So I'll, I'll kick it off. Oh, I'll gee, kick it oh, off. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you boys can understand what uh, right. uh, what I'm talking about because I probably didn't describe it as good as uh, possibly could. So uh, <laughs> my most embarrassing moment, uh, I, I played uh, – Junior basketball for West Adelaide for Juno uh, Mass. Uh, 17 years. 17 years. Yeah, roundabout. Yep. <laughs> 17 years. So that's thousands of games. Uh, <laughs> most embarrassing moment by far. Yep. By far. Length of the straight. Uh, final. Final series under 14s. I was 12, 13. Uh, 1994. Uh, under 14 final series. Uh, the referee. Ordered me off the course because my fingernails were too long. What? Really? <laughs> fingernails too long. So I, I've gone in to pick, pick the pocket of my opponent and I've literally gouged out his oh. um, wrist near, near, near all the veins there. <laughs> and it's just, it, there's literally blood on my hands. Oh. I put on my hands. Wow. What do they look like at the moment? Are they still, they still long? What's going on? Have you chopped them off? Or what's, what's the guy? <laughs> no, they're, 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 they're probably in, in the need of a, a bit of a bit of a snip. But, uh, but uh, yeah, easily, easily. That's, that's my biggest – that's root of my life. 
Really? Jeez, Rudy of um, your life. Well, that's an awkward... I hope it's not your Rudy of your life. Um, uh, mate, just chew your fingernails <laughs> off like I do. It bloody works. How about this? All right, so my, my... I've just remembered this. So I was probably year two or three, I reckon, grade two or three, and we um, I was just new to footy. And um, we were, you, you obviously take turns kicking um, in different positions on the ground when you're in grade two and three. Um, you sort of share each quarter in different parts of the ground. So I'm in the back lines for this quarter. I think it was one of the last quarters. It must have been the fourth quarter, I reckon. It was right toward the end and the scores were level. And we were um, we were going okay up against one of the good teams, one of the really good teams. And look, grade two and three, you take footy pretty seriously at that level. And uh, this team was undefeated, and we were we were around the mark. We weren't great. Anyway, I'm in defence, and usually one of the older kids. I must have been grade two, if I remember now. And this kid is grade three. He's a little bit older. He's got a better kick, and he's one of the cool kids at school. And I said to him, "Look, mate, he'd usually kick him out." And I said, "Mate, I'll do it." And I'm standing up to him thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a big moment here. I'm going to kick it out and we're going to hopefully go on to score here. We're, scores a level, remember. And I've taken the footy from him and he's gone, geez, I don't know if you should be kicking it out, mate. Pretty close toward the end of the game. And I've said, look, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I've taken it on. I'm this little scrawny year two kid. And I've decided to try and kick it out. I've seen someone down the line. I've gone, yep, I'm going to him. Take a big couple of strides forward out of the goal square and... I've booted it over my head for a rush behind. The opposition's now in front by a bloody point. Fast forward a few minutes, Siren goes, we lost by a point. Game over. I was so flat. My teammates were fuming with me. And this year, three kid who I told I was going to kick out from. Oh, he was pissed. How do you kick he it over pissed. your head and kick a point? Mate, have you looked at me? I'm no natural sportsman. So <laughs> Embarrassing. So that would be best described as a pit art. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not happy, mate. Oh, we'll go down as one of the worst. Weren't in the long sleeves, were you? No, never got in the long <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> well, mine's uh, mine's uh, along the lines of yours, Samuel. Mine, uh, mine was during uh, playing for Tea Tree Gully under 15s. I was a little kid running around, and it was a day that we were playing uh, a pretty good competition. I think we were playing Hope Valley, and we were somewhere. They were somewhere up the top, and we were somewhere down the bottom that year. We were sort of just trying to struggling to get a kick for the the, the club. So the old gullies. And I remember it was it was really tight. It coming to the last quarter, and I know, knew that we needed a, a goal to win. Or I think it was, I think we might have been, um, oh, we might have been like four points down. So we needed a goal to, to seal the game. Anyway, dying seconds of the game. I'm playing in the forward line. The ball comes up, and and all of a sudden I've got a heap of free space, and the ball's just not too fast. About 15 meters to my right hand side, maybe a bit further, 20 meters to my right hand side. One of my teammates goes and sets it up. He he thinks he's going to kick the winning goal to put us in front and to, to win the match. Anyway, I'm r- almost running to the goal line. And as I'm watching the footy, it's, I, I sort of s- see it drifting a bit short. And I'm in two minds at this stage. Yeah. I'm in two minds. Do I let it go through and, and, oh. and might get touched on the line or do I try and take the mark? Oh. And at the moment, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And I, I thought, I've got, to, I've got to take the mark. I've got, to, I've got to make sure that this goes through for a goal. I'm going to kick the goal. I've got to take <laughs> the mark and make it. sure that I'm, I'm going to be the hero here. Is there anyone around you? Is there anyone around <laughs> well, you? It's going to be I me. There, I thought there was. I thought there was someone really close to me. Anyway, as I go up to take the mark, <laughs> I fumble <laughs> and it rolls through for a point. Oh, no. I, I look up and there's no one around. <laughs> so, Not one. So I've cost my side a, a winning game. I've cost my side, <laughs> side the win. 
I thought the whole time there was pressure on me. There was no one around. <laughs> oh, no. Was it going through for a goal? It was going through for a goal. <laughs> ruined my teammates' oh. chance of being a hero and to oh. kick the winning goal. Couldn't oh. believe it. My teammates were so filthy on oh. me. <laughs> you would have been livid. They would have been livid. Could have been the, the hero. Most hated bloke back at the club rooms that that uh, afternoon. That's for sure. <laughs> I didn't get any pies and parsies that day. There was no free cokes from the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh dearie me. Well, there we go. I reckon. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a winner. That's a that's a good, great idea, Jace. Yeah, good segment. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> my misery, my poor bloke. He thought he was going to be. He thought he was going to kick the winning goal. The first time he's ever done it in his whole career, his short career. He's you know he's only twenty meters out, just on a slight angle, and there's me floating into the goal square, no one around, and bobbles the mark across the line. Good teammate you are. You certainly didn't win the best team man award at the end of the season, did you? Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? Geez. Can you imagine me and that kid's parents and watching him just destroy, <laughs> destroy his confidence, and and uh, and yeah, we're not we're not a loss because of it. Gee whiz. Oh boy. Time for pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of farce. It's a farce. It ends farcically. The rules are a farce. What a farce. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. 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 It's a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. Okay, well, Teacher Gully losing by two points is a bit of a fuss. Uh, back in uh, <laughs> with shaving or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Were you an any time goal scorer, Jace, that game? Yes. All right. Uh, um, now, uh, being involved in the media, you, you go and read and listen and watch. Try and watch and listen and read everything. So, uh, but I come across this uh, this week. Uh, so, uh, SEN are now in Sydney. They've moved to Sydney, and Maddie White hosts. I think it's a breakfast show uh, um, every morning there. SEN in Sydney, and uh, they have a segment. Sorry, boys. They have a segment called the press box. Oh, do they? You're what they've stolen? So, no, SEN Sydney. Using the press box, fast or fast? Fast, huge fast. What are they thinking? <laughs> How can they do that? We are the number one press box in this country, are we not? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. No, we can't. We can't have our identity stolen. We are the press box. Hachi, Hachi, <laughs> listen up, Hachi. Take your press box and you can yeah. ship off as well. That's a massive fast from you and the whole SEN team. I'm talking to you, Andrew Hayes, as well. That's oh. a massive fast. Oh. Massive, massive. You can't just go around stealing people's names. You just can't do it. That's 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 not good enough from them. And I'll tell you what, that's you that's a huge that could be fast of the year for me. He shipped off Andrew Hayes. Oh. That's a little drive by, Hayes. You gotta well, see him well, next week or someday Jesus. in a presser. He's gonna hate that. Well, we're going to add him on Twitter with that. That's great. We have, uh, well, well, Tuggers and, and uh, Jace, I can tell you who's not going to be a guest on uh, the press box. A farce. Seriously. It's just another week for me. It's just, it's just copied again. It's, it's another thing copied. They copied the whole bloody show. Yep. No, parcel farce will be next, mate. <laughs> 
Watch out. Uh, we better put a copyright on this. <laughs> Seriously. Trademark. Big fast. Big fast, SN. If you want the press box, Hachi, if you want the press box, just ring us up. That's right. <laughs> if you want the press box, ring us up. Well, you two can go on. I'm a bit conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if Hachi brings a glove box, I'm in. Jace, you're in? I'm he in. brings a glove I'm box. <laughs> Half a glove box. Yeah, half a glove box. Half a glove box. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably got more chance of uh, picking the lotto and the Kino numbers this week, I reckon. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on, uh, how about uh, the Tokyo Olympics uh, this week have come out and uh, said that you got to wear uh, masks if you want to go in um, to the Olympics. That may or may not happen next year. But the other thing is, they've banned cheering. What? Oh. So yeah. the Tokyo Olympics banning cheering because of coronavirus potential issues. Pass or fast? Nah, this is this is a huge fast. Like, you can you can wear masks. That's great. I'm massive for masks. You got to wear them if we're going to have highly congested spaces and we're not sure about the safety of the health over in, you know, Tokyo or wherever we might be. So if it's if it's still an issue, and you're going to have to commit to the Tokyo Olympics there, and you have to have crowds, then you have to wear masks and you socially distance and you do it properly. But if you can't cheer, what's the point of having the crowd? I don't get that. So the Port Adelaide final series is the perfect example. Even if everyone was wearing a mask, you saw 25,000 pack out the Adelaide Oval and made the most um, incredible atmosphere because they were allowed to cheer at a social distance the whole way through. And it felt like there was 50,000 there just because they were making so much noise. This is the Olympics. This is peak. This you got families and stuff who are going to have to sit on the sideline wearing a mask and, and having their lips zipped while maybe their son and daughter goes on to win gold for their country for the first time. You can't have that. You can't have the 100-metre sprint with, with, a, with a mute crowd. You can't have that. What's the point of having them? Socially distance, have half the crowd, wear a mask, make as much noise as you like. It's safe. Yeah, massive fuss. I'm I'm in the camp where I think that the the Olympics shouldn't go ahead unless there's a vaccine. I, I just I can't see that how they can bring international athletes from all around the world and and then try and facilitate crowds as well. I just can't see it happening. I I just think it'll be unsafe. I, I just can't see it happening next year. And I think it probably should be postponed. If not, you know, maybe it goes on to whoever's got it the following year, 2024. Mm. So, mm. um. It's, it's got to be a farce. You can't have an Olympics with no fans and no cheering. That just takes away from the whole experience. That's what the whole yep. Olympics is all about. That's yep. what their, their foundation and their roots are from. So you, you, can't have, you can't have one without the other. So I think it should be pushed back until, until it's safe to, to do so properly with um, fans and crowds uh, you know, in the stands. Oh, no, a huge farce. Yeah, you can't. Uh, well, yeah, well, I'm with Jay. So I don't, I don't think the Olympics will, will uh, go ahead. Um, uh, Without um, a vaccine, so uh, if you if you a betting man, which I clearly am, and I lose a lot, but uh, <laughs> I, I will I will bet I will bet you that the Olympics will not happen uh, in uh, in twenty twenty one. But uh, banning cheering, geez, it's it it started at the Victorian Junior Footy League last year. And it's yeah. made its way all the way to IOC. <laughs> what is it, Dick Pound now? Or, um, Dick Pound or buddy Kevin <laughs> Gosper? Right. Who did Ryan HG uh, used to 
used to be Jacques Rogue. Yeah. Is, is, is he to blame? <laughs> didn't didn't the IOC listen to our pass or fast segment all those oh, all those months gee. ago? <laughs> Isn't there? There should be an inquiry about this. Uh, but he no cheering a fair dinkum fast. <laughs> won't happen. The Olympics won't happen. Uh, Rodio Tuggers, uh, you, you're the Ooh. man for this one. I've Ooh, got okay. to ask, ask you uh, the new BBL rules. Whoa. Pass or fast? Oh, mate, this is sen- this is sensational. People, are back- <laughs> look at him, mate. Look at his mate, I am I am so pumped <laughs> because everyone had started getting so angry at the Big Bash last year, including myself. I used to love it. I think everyone used to love it. It was the golden goose. It was cricket's biggest... It was the gem of cricket in the world at one point. Now it's just lost everyone's interest because we've made it into this this super long marathon-like season, which no one really enjoys. So to change it up, we bring in some new rules. I think it's going to be great. Three rules, for those who aren't aware of them, we'll go through them quickly. One of them, basically, you get um, a a power play of two overs whenever you want as the batting team. So the power play at the start is no longer six overs, it's now four. And then the batting team can choose two overs wherever they want in the rest of the innings to have two fielders out the circle and hit away like it's uh, like a bit of a, I don't know, it's it's a batting power play. They get to smack lots of runs while the fielders are stuck inside the circle. There's, so surely that's the last two overs. Maybe, or, or maybe in the middle when the partnership's really going, just before they mm. maybe want to take some risks and they might get out, mm. play them where they're hot. Um, then there's two subs, so you can have two subs in the game, uh, a 12th man and a 13th man, and one of them can come, come into the game at the 10-over mark of the first inning. So if your team's four for you know 50 after the first 10 and you're not going too well, Take one of your all-rounders out, stick in a specialist batsman like a Kieran Pollard, and he can smack some late runs for you. That'd be a good inclusion. So I like that. The bash, big bash extra point thing, I think that's a bit weird. It's whoever's leading halfway through the second innings. Um, you get a bonus point. Um, I don't quite understand that. You could be on your way to lose, but you're but you're still ahead at the halfway mark of the last innings, so that's a little bit weird. But anyway, um, I think it's a massive tick. They're trying something different. I saw a meme somewhere saying it's a, a hybrid of T20 cricket meets uh, AFLX, but I don't give a stuff. I think it's a great idea, and they're giving something a go. <laughs> I reckon the uh, the extra points are fast. You can scrap that right away yeah. because that's just confusing as all hell and, and it, it really just takes away from the actual game itself. I think the super sub is a pass though. I think that brings a whole different realm into it because all of a sudden when things aren't going your way, you, all of a sudden you can bring in a bit of strategy You can and you can you ping, pull someone out that's having a, a really scrubber game or, or – or it could just be a complete tactic where you know that mm. you want to bring in a specialist batsman, like you said, who, who can make a heap of runs in the last 10 overs, who's going to win you the game. So yep. I, I think that's a great addition. It just brings a whole other set of tactics that coaches and, and, um, and players are going to be able to utilize. So it's going to be great. And a uh, big pass. So I'm a fan. Um, uh, the, the sub the sub uh, thing, it really interests, interests me. But so, mm. so if you if they have, if the strikers are four for fifty, so you can only sub out someone who hasn't been dismissed. Is that is that? Is yeah. That so what so you're getting? so the rules are for the sub. You have to have either only bowled one over tops if you're fielding, or you haven't batted yet. So they're the two conditions really. So if you bowled uh, no overs or just the one over and you got smacked in it, then you can still be allowed to come off the ground. And if you haven't batted, you're all good to go. You can come off the ground as well. Oh, so yeah, but subs are big pass. So even there was timeouts last year, wasn't there? Wasn't yeah, there timeouts? Yeah, as well? I think there were. I don't know if they were any. They're a bit pointless. It's like a drinks break. <laughs> it's not really anything important. <laughs> timeouts. It's, extra, it's and extra, subs. It's an extra ad break for TV. That's all the timeout is. 
What are you doing, Big Bash? You're just taking over basketball. Subs, timeouts. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to have a jump Red ball vest. as well. <laughs> Foul shots. You're going to have that as well. Jeez. Uh, what do you do? Free hits. There you go. Yeah, there shot. you go. Free hit. Um, nah, big pass. Um, and uh, now uh, all the uh, strikers and uh, uh, South Australian based uh, Big Bash uh, people of uh, Fleet, um, uh, it'll, it'll happen. So, uh, so uh, big pass. Radio. Uh, Last one, and uh, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, think I'd miss uh, this one. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, toilet paper hoarding 2.0. Oh. Pass or fast. Oh, Jace, what, what has happened to this world, <laughs> boys? What has happened? What has ha- What are we doing? We as we as a society have lost the plot yet again. Fast, 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 fast. It's just wrong. If there's one thing I wish I could do and go back in time, there's two things. One, I'd have a share in Zoom, and the other one, I'd have a share in <laughs> toilet paper rolls because, boy, God, they would be squillionaires. They would be the, the biggest glove box owners you'd ever see because they, there's no way they could have predicted that the one thing that people would be craving the most in a pandemic is toilet rolls. <laughs> Where are we at in society then? Stephen Marshall comes out and says we've got an extra five cases in South Australia and all of a sudden I go to Coles tonight and the whole bloody row is stripped bare. It's like it's like they're going to have diarrhoea for the next four weeks in a row. What oh, is going on? It's not good. Just relax. It's paper. Just relax, people. It's, we're going to be okay. You don't have to go and panic buy toilet paper. It's going to oh. be fine. We're going to pull through this together. Gee whiz. That's a farce, isn't it? Well, uh, right, we've got to clear, clear the voice for this. Um, so uh, we usually have an all-pass five and an all-fast five. Yep, at the end of the year. It's over. Fast of the year. It's over. <laughs> it, it's over. No no voting required. If, 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 Unanimous. If you have two nominations, two in the, the fast of the year category, if you have two nominations for yep. exactly the same thing, then that's that's a knockout. That that's yep. a winner. That so uh, seriously, people, uh, oh, f- fair dinkum. Uh, do, do people know how the human body works? You have to eat food before it comes out. <laughs> so how about buying some food? If if you don't buy food and you don't eat it, it doesn't come out. and You don't need it. Maybe. So how about buying some you know some pasta or noodle? If it was pasta, noodles, baked beans, it was sold out, or you know bread or um, you know, the long-life milk or totally understand. <laughs> Dunny paper, fair dinkum. It's bloody Seriously. bizarre. Maybe, Seriously. maybe, maybe may, I hope it's not the best team in uh, blokes, Matty Burgess, Jared Walsh and Andy Martin just uh, using their enemas and uh, and needing all that toilet paper. I'm worried about them. Just, <laughs> I'm a little worried about those blokes. Speaking of them, boys, just as we start to wrap up the show, um, we had a, a little contribution uh, on the 5AA Sports Show, uh, slightly related to those blokes, actually. Um, and Rowie Dale has a surprise for you. He said on the sports show uh, last week some uh, some words that we've used a lot during the show tonight, and I thought you might like as a little gift, uh, parting gift from tonight's show. Just have a little listen to uh, a text that we got on the sports show, and Rowie liked to read it out live on air. Here we go. There's one here from Dale from the glove box. What? Where's the? That's not a suburb. Fast, fast, fast. Capital letters, exclamation mark. This whole crouch deal is a farce. Why won't my club show some agates? 
Think I know. Agates? Think I know who Dale from the glove box might who? be. Might be someone close to this show. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Glove box. They uh, all from actually, the glove box. <laughs> that's a sensational. And uh, there's actually a story behind that because uh, um, I listened to that while I was at home uh, with, with Archie and yeah. uh, Archie started repeating. Oh, did he? <laughs> what Rowie had said. So, um, Well, agates. So bear with me here. Oh. I'm going to see if I can. Oh, no. Play it through the microphone. Oh, really? Oh, here we go. Well, I can tell you right now, the text came through, not from Dale, from Glovebox, but uh, our very dear friend, Jared Walsh, uh, liked to help us out there. He threw that towards uh, our text line and Rowie bit very nicely. So have you got Have you got it, Dale? Have you got it? I'm trying. Oh, come I'm, on, mate. I'm trying. Here we have we limited go. recording time. Come on. Fast, fast, fast. <laughs> <laughs> Proud dad moment there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, once again, let's play it again. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's that's going to become its own sound effect now on the show. <laughs> so I want that in the opener, in the opening stinger, oh, fast or fast by uh, next week. That will be done, done, done. Now, now, oh, I've just got one quick question: uh, uh, Are we uh, going out, uh, ending the show, go, going out with a bang with a with a remix? We we going remix. out with oh, a, with oh, a, a, a lots happened, lots happened. Oh. <sighs> Next week, next week, I promise I have it. We need something to lift our spirits, and he doesn't come with the goods. Come on, <laughs> it's been geez. a busy week, boys. I was actually, I was actually thinking it might have been a live. Next week, deal. next week, I'll have some for you. I promise. I promise, I have some for you oh, next week. Bring the mix oh. desk, please, boys. <laughs> it's been good chatting yet again. Unfortunately, it's it was short lived in the studio. We we're here for one week, and we're out for probably another six. But uh, hopefully, we can get back in here soon, and we can see each other again before Christmas. That'd be nice. Stay safe, men. We'll do. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you. Catch you all uh, next week in my uh, comfy little uh, rocking chair. Mm, we'll do it all again over uh, over my dodgy internet. <laughs> Magnificent. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the press box.